Well, if you know anything about me, I am easily excitable. And uh, my siblings will tell you that, like for years, it's like, could you keep, could you tone it down just a little bit? And the and the thing that I have learned in in my in midlife is that I will not tone it down. I I don't want to tone it down. And so, yeah, I, I've been working on that one for a long time. Hello, you are listening to the Late Bloomer Living podcast, and I am Yvonne Marchese, your host. Hey, are you someone who likes road trips? I do. I love road trips. I grew up in West Texas in the town of El Paso. Down in the West Texas town of El Paso. Oh, okay, you don't want to hear me sing. Anyway, um, when we traveled for vacations, it was mostly by car. El Paso's a long way from anywhere. Um, my grandparents had a little cabin in Rudoso, New Mexico, which was about three hours away. And whenever we had a long weekend, my parents would load us up in the car kids dogs and all and we would drive there for the weekend honestly as a kid it was torturous at times (laughs) the boredom the fights with my brother the monotonous desert views but it was always a little magical when we'd leave the desert and start climbing into the mountains of new mexico to watch the desert just melt away as the scrub pines started to become dense and then the scrub pines would turn into pine forests with real trees which we didn't really have in el paso um it it was just amazing you know as we made our way closer to rudosa the transformation and the smell it was so that piney smell was so fresh and different from home. Oh my gosh. And then when I got older, road trips became trips with friends or solo drives, you know, time to listen to music and just talk about whatever. And oh, by the way, I came to really love those desert views. Oh my gosh, just amazing. Um, I also met my husband on a three and a half month national theater tour. Oh yeah, there were there we were, eight people in a 15-seat passenger van with a 14-foot trailer on the back and the set and uh, our luggage and props all packed in there. And every day we would unload and uh, set up the set and perform. And then we'd head to the hotel, sleep, get up, pack our luggage back into that trailer drive to the next town and so on oh yeah the glamorous life of an actor in the theater really it was so fun and so challenging it was great um and of course now i travel with my kids uh they're they're awesome road trippers and uh i just love it so so anyway yvonne you may be wondering why are you waxing poetical about road trips (laughs) well i have a treat for you Uh, My guests today are Nicole Markle and Sandra Costello of the Messy Middle Road Trip podcast. Their podcast was born out of the desire to reach a community of badass, like-minded women over the age of 40, navigating all the ups and downs of middle life. Because, you know, midlife is kind of like an epic road trip, right? It's so much fun to listen to. So I thought I should introduce you to them. So without further ado, let's go. Hey, Sandra. Hey, Nicole. Hello. Um, man, I'm excited to talk to you guys today. Um, I'm, I, I, I always kind of like to talk about how I found people. So I had just found your podcast and 
I was interviewing Linda Rule Flynn and afterwards we were just chit-chatting and then she said, you should talk to my friend, Sandra. She's on a podcast too. And all of a sudden I'm like, I just found that podcast. It's a really cool podcast. Ooh, that's like the universe talking to you. No, right? So I feel like it was meant to be that here we are chatting. And uh, well, let's let's roll into this. Nicole, I'm going to start with you and get a little bit of your, tell, tell us a little bit about what had you get going with your podcast? What I know that you had um, some health issues that kind of led you down a path, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So it was funny because one wasn't necessarily related to the other um, because I started the podcast with my original co-host, Janine. Uh, we were both having conversations with our group of friends about midlife stuff. And we kind of looked at each other and we said, you know, this is really good conversation. This is something that maybe needs to be talked about on a bigger platform. And then we kind of went away and then we came back together and we said, I'm still thinking about doing a podcast. How about you? And she's like, yeah, why don't we do it together? That would be so much more fun. And Messy Miller Road Trip podcast was, was launched about two and a half years ago uh, doing that. And, uh, it was just, it was a way for us to connect with a community of women that we were all having these conversations. And it's such a different generation than our parents' generation and our grandparents and yeah. we're more vocal, which I love. Uh, and we've met some amazing women over the course of this journey and, you know, COVID hit life changed, things pivoted, and Janine, with her career, had to really reinvent herself because she was in the travel industry. Oh, wow. And so that left me on a precipice of asking myself, do I want to go this alone? Do I want to uh, end it? Or do I want to see if I could find somebody that might be a really good fit to jump in the convertible with me and continue this journey? And lucky for me, Sandra had actually been a guest on the podcast a few months prior, and it was a wonderful conversation. And I had met Sandra through networking in our area because we don't live very far from each other and had attended uh, an event that she did, uh, which was really, it was a, an empowering collaboration, I would say, of women and women in business and uh, really just supporting women in our area. And I just, I loved her vibe. I loved everything about her. So when I made the phone call this summer, I had actually texted her the night before and said, can you chat tomorrow? And then when I, when I spoke with her and I started saying the things that I was going to say, and you know, it's kind of one of those like first date scenarios where you're right. nervous, you know, because you don't toes. know what you're going to say. You don't know if they're going to say yes or no. And <laughs> she took the words out of my mouth. She says, are you actually asking if you want me to be on the podcast? She was like, yes, yes, I want to do it with you. And <laughs> it, was, it was kismet, like from the beginning. Nice. We just really clicked and we're finding our way with our rhythm and just vibing off each other and, and both bringing so much new energy injected into the podcast, which I love. And we're tweaking some things as we go along because I definitely want Sandra to be a part of of that, uh, that fabric, even though Janine will always be one of the founders, uh, it's going in a new direction, which I love. Uh, yeah. so that has been 
super exciting. So Uh, cool. There it is. I love it. I love it. So, wow. So you, so, so it's been about two years mm -hmm. and what made you like, you were having conversations with your friends. You wanted to think you started to think this needs to go out into the world. What made you think podcast? Well, that's a good question. Uh, because well, Janine had done blogging in the past. So Janine and I actually have a, a writing connection. That's how we met was through a uh-huh. writing group local uh-huh. at our YMCA. Uh-huh. And we just really connected uh, with each other in our writing. So we had that background, but everything that we were researching up to that point, when we were looking at different platforms, we thought to ourselves, wow, you know, because we were both coming at it from the perspective that we were entrepreneurs and we wanted to be able to have our stamp on that, her with her travel, me with my wellness and health, and then come together and talk to these women and hear these stories to, to really um, have that, that road trip, that companion, uh, that you could have that conversation uh, in your car while you were driving along. You know, it's the best the best trips I've ever taken have been road trips with my girlfriends and it's just comfortable. The music is blasting. You just talk about all sorts of stuff that nobody, you wouldn't share with anybody else. Yeah. And, and that was kind of the, the impetus for us doing a podcast. We didn't know what we were doing. We were flying by the seat of the, our pants. We laughed that we were building the plane as we were flying it because <laughs> yeah. we hired a mentor to teach us and uh-huh learned the ropes. uh, And I'll never forget, we made him sit in with us on our first podcast because we weren't doing YouTube at that point. So he was on the Zoom with us listening as we were back and forth in her basement. We were facing each other like on microphones and we were terrible. And we were very, uh, we sounded robotic, very, no emotion. We were reading the questions like this. And we finished it and we said, oh, we need to redo that. And he said, nope, you're going to post it. <laughs> Good right for now, him. You're going to do it. Good yeah. for him. Man, yeah. uh, there's Fail one thing forward. this has taught me is done is better than perfect. You get, I mean, there, I, I definitely need for time. quality, but at yeah. the same time, it's like if you hold on to it too preciously for too long, it's just where, where do you go from there? That's yeah. very cool. So go, I want to know a little bit about you. how you got into health and wellness yeah. and what was that? How, how old were you when you? So my youngest was a year old when I got sick and uh-huh. she's now 13, she'll be 14 coming up soon. Huh. And at the time, I also had uh, a three and uh, four and a half year old. Uh, so I was a stay at home mom. Mm. And I, I remember waking up, it was a Saturday morning and we were taking the kids for a That's quick so weekend neat. away uh, for 4th of July weekend. We were going to do a beach trip. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time our youngest was going to be going to the beach. It was a big deal. And I went to get out of bed and I literally couldn't get out of bed. I I had to roll out of bed. I couldn't wash my hair in the shower. I couldn't raise my arms above my shoulders. Uh, I was in excruciating pain Wow! from my, my, all my joints mirrored all the way down. And I'll never forget standing at the boardwalk to ready to take a step off 
into the sand. And you know, when you go to the beach with kids, you're carrying so much stuff, right? It's yeah. all things. And, and when they're little, you're much. chasing. Yes. And, and, and my four and a half year old, you know, she had her sand pail and towel, like she was no help. But I remember carrying my youngest in my arms mm-hmm. and crying, thinking I'm going to drop her because I, I couldn't physically mm. hold her. I was shaking. I was in so much pain. And I remember crying, saying to my husband, you have to come help me. I can't. I can't do this. I don't know what is going on with me. And he was really worried and concerned. I mean, we still did the trip and I mustered through and I was powering through pain reliever medicine, like nobody's business. And of course it was the summer. So every doctor I had was on vacation and it was, they were sending me for one test after another, but every specialist was on vacation. So I felt as though after all that, that was like the lost summer because I was in so much pain. I was waiting for all these tests, all these results, all these appointments. It really wasn't until the fall that I got a concrete diagnosis. But of course, up to that point, my Google MD uh, was coming into play (laughs) where I was self-diagnosing. Oh boy. It was Lyme disease. I was thinking it was MS. I didn't know. And because it was sudden onset, that that was the thing that was really throwing me off. And all my tests were coming back, really not showing much. And again, because of my age, because I was in my thirties at this point, mid thirties. And when the diagnosis came back that I had psoriatic arthritis, it was really, uh, it was devastating because all the doctors kept saying to me, you're far too young for a diagnosis like this. And up to that point, I was healthy. I was, I grew up as a dancer uh, since the age of six. I was in a dance company out in Boston. I taught dance when I moved back to Western Massachusetts. So I considered myself to be physically fit Mm -hmm. and I was eating what I thought was okay, you know, cooking meals that were home cooked meals and trying to avoid a lot of takeout. And, um, you know, I always tried to buy products that had green leaves and happy babies on them and said natural and pure. And when I really started to dig in and, um, you know, figure out what am I going to do here? Of course, I went the medical route and medications and I needed that band-aid so I could get out of bed in the morning. Cause I will never forget trying to get my one-year-old out of her crib. I was doing a fireman's carry with my, my arms because I couldn't bend my wrists. And I felt helpless again, as a, as a stay at home mom at the time. And, uh, it really, it was about a 10 year journey of me being excruciating pain, trying to go back to work after my maternity leave was over. Uh, and, just struggling. My personality changed. I was angry. I was really, and those of you who know me, that is not my jam. I am glasses half full. How can I fill your cup? Like I love people. I love interacting. I love life experience, but man, I was in a really dark place. And I remember my mom pointing it out to me one day because I came home from work. I was working a a job as an executive secretary for a superintendent of schools and working 60 hours a week because I had, you know, my day hours plus nighttime school committee meetings. And I would come home so exhausted and so in so much pain. And I would take it out on my kids, my spouse. I was really sharp uh, with my, my tone and my, what my words were coming out of my mouth. And 
my mom noticed that and said, Nikki, Nikki, something's got to change because you're not, you are not yourself. And it took me a long time. It took me a decade of dealing with that nonsense because really the medicines that that I was on pretty much masked the pain and Mm -hmm. and allowed me to get through when I overdid it you know, the pain was, was excruciating. Um, but that was my wake up. That was when I hit rock bottom. When, when my mom really pointed that out to me and said, you, you, something's got to give. And that's so when I started. what did you do to, from there? I really dug into my, my health and wellness and really assessed, well, where am, where am I at and how can I change? And I don't want to have to continue on this course. And I remember it was uh, January and I had a work event and I ended up getting viral vertigo, which was awful. I looked like a drunken sailor walking down the hallway, trying to put my daughter to bed. I couldn't stand straight. When I laid down in bed, the whole room was spinning. It was terrible. And I was sick in bed for three days with that. So I had to come off my medication because when you get Mm. sick on a um, biologic, you have to, you have to come off of that. Uh, so that your body can heal. So I gave myself a week off. I started to feel better. I went back on the biologic and I got the viral vertigo immediately again for another few days. And I said, that's it. I can't, I can't do this anymore. So I stopped the biologic, the the vertigo healed. And then I realized (laughs) that I was actually in remission for my psoriatic arthritis. So I had no psoriasis. I had no pain for my arthritis. And I got really angry because I thought to myself, how long have I been in remission, but I've been wow. continuing to poison my body with this biologic drug. Wow. And that really led me to digging into how I ate. Uh, Did you even know that remission was possible? No, because the doctors were, were going to tell me otherwise, you know, Oh, we're going to give you this drug and then we're going to we're going to stack this drug on top of it. And we're just going to give you more and more. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't know, or you're, you can't do the research. Right. I think, and, and when you're so desperate and in pain, that's the avenue that the majority of people go. Yeah. But I'm, I'm testament to tell you that it can change. Yeah. It can change naturally. So you figured it out. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amazing that you figured it out even. And then, then what? So it was interesting because I posted something online. It was a health related video that I saw. It was a family of four in the UK and they swapped out their food from soup to nuts, from spices all the way to what they cooked at home. And they were taught how to cook farm to table, fresh foods, skip the takeout, skip the canned food, the microwave food. And they did a before and after your analysis test. And what was removed from their bodies in two weeks time was incredible, especially in their two-year-old child. Things like BPKAs and pesticides and growth hormones. And I shared the story on my Facebook page because it resonated with me. Because at the time I was going down that path as well, trying to do what's right for my kiddos. And a friend of mine reached out. I actually went to high school with him. And he said, you should really talk to my wife about the company she works for. I think it's your missing puzzle piece. And I got really angry at him. I said, "Um, 
I don't have a missing puzzle piece. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> like I eat healthy. We exercise. Right. I'm doing just fine with my products. And he was uh-huh. like, oh, yeah, maybe not. And I didn't realize that for decades I had been greenwashed because I was buying the, the products on the end cap that were on sale that looked good. It said all the right things, but I never took the time to flip that bottle around and read the ingredients on the label. And I was horrified to find out that I was washing my kids with baby wash that was loaded with carcinogens and formaldehyde and harmful dyes. And I was shocked and I was really angry because I had never been taught that. You know, we read our food labels. We don't read our product labels. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who, who stands in the grocery store and looks at the toothpaste label? Right. Not many people. Right. And so that, that I think was the real push for me to dig in. And I went down the rabbit hole of learning and, and understanding. And so really he said, wait, so let me back up. Cause he says this to you, he pisses you off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and then what? So then, then you, then you, then you, what made you real go think, Oh, hmm, maybe I should think about what he said again. Because, you know, he was a good friend of mine and I knew that he was coming at it from an open heart. So yeah. Yeah. And even though, yeah, I'm a little feisty. Of course, I'm going to push back and say whatever. But then I'm like, okay, let me see what he's actually talking about here and digging in and doing the research. And the company that uh, he was talking about is the one I actually ended up aligning with and becoming a consultant Mm -hmm. for. And when I tried the products and really compared the two between what I was using currently and what they were offering, I was blown away with how much I didn't know. Wow. And I thought to myself, I'm an educated woman. And I know that there are hundreds of thousands of educated people out there that need this information. And I felt really pulled because at this point, when he had reached out to me, it's about five, five and a half years ago. And I was lucky enough at that point that I was a stay at home mom. I said, I'm really pulled because I want to shout this from the rooftops and I want to at least empower people with this information, because it's a no judgment zone for me. Mm-hmm. I just want people to understand that this is actually a thing and manufacturers do this to make money. And I want to be able to, to share this. And if it's somebody's jam and they want to pick up on it and they want to run with it and change their health and wellness based on the exposure to their family and uh, the environment and their pets, great. And we will connect and I'll help empower them. Uh, and if not, that's okay. At least they have the information. And honestly, I've met so many people that they hear the information, they get overwhelmed, they freak out, they walk away from me. I don't hear anything from them. And then a year goes by and they come back and say, tell me more about that <laughs> wellness company that you're working with. I, I want to know more because sometimes you need to process things over yeah. time. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Funny how it does take time sometimes to process things like that. Oh my goodness. So you, so you've been doing this for about five years and then the, and so at some point then you flipped and decided to start doing the podcast. Were you scared stepping into it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's, it is still sales at the yeah. end of the day. Yeah. And I don't have a sales bone in my body. At least uh-huh. that's what I've told myself. 
Uh I married a salesman (laughs) Uh and I had no desire to be salesy or weird. Right. And I didn't want to haunt my friends and family. Right. (laughs) Do you want to buy a toothpaste? No, (laughs) that's not who I wanted to be. So I really had to get outside my comfort zone, both aspects for the, my business, as well as the podcast. Uh, Although I've always been comfortable being on air, being, having those conversations. I think because I grew up on the stage as a dancer, I had that confidence that I could go out and I could perform. Mm -hmm. So I never was shy with that. Um, But it was definitely stepping outside my comfort zone because I was learning things as I went. I had never done a podcast. I had never done the tech piece for that. Mm -hmm. So I remember giving myself a pat on the back and bragging to my teenagers, Hey, we're starting a podcast. Of course I got the eye roll because they were like, whatever, still not cool. <laughs> you know? And I'm like, I think I got some cool points here that I'm doing a podcast. With <laughs> but then from the business perspective, really just jumping in and, and figuring things out as I went and falling forward and making mistakes. I remember at the beginning, I was I love saying, that falling forward. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it's part of the journey. Right. And I, I learned over time to just be authentic, just be myself and, and knew that if I just showed up and really spoke from an open heart and a place of service and sharing this because I care, because I went through something similar and I know what a, what an important piece it's had to play with my health and wellness and decreasing my body burden, my toxic body burden Mm -hmm. and helping me to get beyond, you know, coupling it with health, you know, spirituality and uh, mindfulness and movement and proper eating, all of that combined with my clean products has allowed me to live without drugs for my psoriatic arthritis. And I certainly have flares. I've had flares during COVID, but nothing like I used to. But I think, um, you know, just, just jumping in for, for both pieces and just learning and knowing that I was going to be growing with this and that there was a real purpose behind both. And I think that motivated me to just put one foot in front of the other and have fun while I'm doing it, because that's, that's with anything in life. If you're not having fun, don't do it. Make this too short. Amen. 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 And speaking of having fun, like you, I love that you chose to have that, that you decided to go with having a partner to do your podcast. And do you got, so for the both of you working together, um, Sandra, you've never done a podcast before, right? I have never done a podcast before. No, I have been on podcasts, but I have never helped host one. Yeah. Gotcha. So, so how, what is it? I do this by myself. It's a little lonely. How is it? Do you guys love to have that, that feedback off of each other? And yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the thing that is so neat about doing a podcast with another person is that both Nicole and I are really curious and we're really excited about getting to know the guests that we have on the show. So you know, it's easy to have this, um, this conversation where we get to, you know, talk about the things that we're really interested in. 
and it allows our guests to really talk about the things that they are passionate about too. So, you know, just like you, Yvonne, I know that you have curiosity um, for, for people in general and just being able to have a fun conversation. I could do it all day. It's a, it's a little problematic actually. (laughs) Seriously. Well, I know, I I know um, I was able to see on your, one of your bios that you are self-described extrovert. You're, you're, you're from a big family, right? I'm from a big family. Yes. Both. You're the oldest sibling. I am the oldest of five and well, both of my parents come from large families too. My mother's one of nine and my dad's one of six. And um, I have lots and lots and lots of cousins. And so I'm really used to being among a lot of people. And, and I would say growing up, there were many times that I sort of fought that idea of being with a lot of people because I thought secretly that wasn't really who I was but it is. It is who I am. I love being in the midst of a large group of people. And I do not, um, I have no problems walking to a room of strangers. Because to me, this is like the best. I have an opportunity to meet all these new people and learn things about them. And so networking and that type of thing has never been my issue. I can get shy here and there, no doubt about it. I mean, we all do, right? Extrovert or not. But um, the idea of being among strangers really makes me happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about how, how long have you... So, okay. So you're a photographer. Love your work. You're, Thank you. I mean, we're, I just feel like... Um, I look at your work and it's like, yeah, spot on exactly what I'm always aiming for. Love what you're doing. How, how you. long have you been doing photography? Is that what you started out doing? Well, that's a really interesting question. I started taking photographs when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And when I was in junior high, going into high school, I was really struggling because I was having anxiety attacks. And so my freshman year of high school, I started school and then I left school because I was really struggling being there. So we worked our way through freshman year. I was home with tutors. And then my sophomore year, I started in a different school, a much larger school. And funny enough, during that year, I began taking a photography class. And I think that photography in many ways saved me because it allowed me to do a couple of things. One, it would interrupt the thought process of being in an anxious state, right? Mm -hmm. So like I could really get into this creative process. And it also allowed me to discover my passion for photography and people because I wasn't, it didn't seem creepy if I came over with my camera and said, I'd love to take your picture. And in the meantime, let me get to know you. So, I really think in high school was when I discovered a lot of things about myself. And uh, I went to college, I studied communications. But when I left college, I started as a graphic designer because I thought, how will I ever be a photographer? How will I ever make a living doing this? Because I thought I had to either work for someone or be a freelancer. And neither one of them seemed to come together. So I worked as a graphic designer for various different companies, loved it. And then like, and it was always taking pictures, 
But then someone asked me if I would photograph their sister's wedding. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I might, I might be into that. And so I did it and it was stressful, but now I really had the bug. Like I really had the bug. I was taking courses. I was shooting all the time. I started doing freelance in addition to my full-time job. And it just got to the point, Yvonne, where I really couldn't put it out of my mind. And I was basically working two jobs all the time for many years. Wow. How long was that for? Um, it was probably at least 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, It was a long time. And finally I was like, okay, you know what people we've got to get into this. So I started socking money away and then I eventually left my day job and began my business 10 years ago. Wow. Uh Oh my gosh. So how old were you when you started your business? Such a good question. I was just thinking about this recently. So I was 40. You were 40. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So all of a sudden you're going from being an employee to the boss and the owner Uh and Uh Ooh. So how was like in midlife? How did that feel? I had two thoughts around it. The first was why in the heck didn't I do this sooner? Uh Okay. Uh And the second was wow, I finally have an opportunity to do all the things I've been dreaming about for the last however many years. And now I'm in it full time. Let's go. That's awesome. Very cool. So it was scary, but it was really empowering because I was no longer thinking, can I do this? How will I do this? It's like, we've got to do it. Let's go. Yeah. What, what have you learned about yourself in that journey? Would you say, would you say, I have learned that I know more than I think that's one big lesson. I remember when I was before I went, well, before I moved to the Western part of Massachusetts, I was in the Boston area and I remember working with a really nice group of people. And I often thought when I didn't know how to figure something out, I'll just check in with them. I'll just ask them, how will I do this? Because it made me nervous. And what I realized is I can figure things out. I know more than I think. And I also am capable of so much. And that's a really neat thing about being in business for yourself. But then when you lean into the entrepreneurial piece, which is what I have really done over the last, I don't know, at least five years, if not not more than that, is... There are so many other things besides just being a photographer that I'm curious about. Mm -hmm. So I have leaned into that piece a lot more. And that has meant that people don't just see me as a photographer. They see me as a coach, as someone who's really curious about running my business differently, networking, being a part of the community. Like there's so many aspects of being in business that I never even thought about. Yeah. And you're really great about communicating that on your website. Like it's one of the things I admire about um, your communication is that it's really clear that it's not just about making pretty pictures. You're, you, you seem to have a much broader, um, bigger thing at stake, which is that connection with people and, um, and bringing people's authentic self forward, which, uh, which uh, is, is great. Um, when Nicole 
said, Hey, do you want to do this podcast? You were like an instant. Yes. It sounds like, (laughs) well, if you know anything about me, I am easily excitable. Uh And uh, my siblings will tell you that like for years, it's like, could you keep, could you tone it down just a little bit? (laughs) And the, and the thing that I have learned in, in my, in midlife is that I will not tone it down. I, I don't want to tone it down. And so I love that. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've been working on that one for a long time. So Nicole called me in July and I remember getting the message the day before she's like, Oh, I want to run something by you. And all of a sudden I was like, what does she want to talk about? Because that's enough to get me excited. And that like, I almost don't want to wait. I'm like, Nicole, I'm surprised I didn't call you right away. (laughs) Um, so I, you know, I'll back up just a little bit. Um, In the fall of 2016, I had some pretty traumatic things happening in my life. And I closed my photography studio. And I was trying to sort some things out in my business, in my own, in just like in myself. And that fall, I started thinking about public speaking. I'm not really sure what it was about, but it was there. And I took a course about um, becoming a paid public speaker uh, for women that fall. And then the woman who ran the course started this club, which was all about public speaking for women. Anyways, that fall, I really started to get into this whole idea of what it meant to be a speaker and how that really intersected with my business. And so for the last four years, I have really been curious about getting in front of groups, finding my voice, being able to share that, and being able to really share it with my clients and talking about, um, talking about really being seen, mm-hmm. not just in midlife, but in general, it doesn't matter what age you are. Mm-hmm. And so I love having a conversation, especially with women. So when Nicole called me and was like, I could hear what she was saying. She was like, she started talking about Janine and Janine was making some changes and, you know, moving on. And I was like, oh my God, she's (laughs) calling me about being on the podcast. And I like, (laughs) I couldn't even let her finish the darn sentence. So I, I think what, I, what most excited me about that was the possibility that kind of like when I was in high school and I realized that the camera was a way for me to connect with people, mm-hmm. podcast was another vehicle, mm-hmm. vehicle, get it? Road trip, all Love of that. It. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it was another vehicle for me to make connections with people that perhaps didn't seem so creepy. <laughs> oh my gosh, absolutely. I, and and th- this is where the introvert part of me is like, I use the camera in, in big group situations or my kids' sporting events, different things like that. Sure. It's like this little, it's almost like something between me and other people, but it's a connection to them as well. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know about you guys, but the podcasting, this ability to have conversations with people, it, it, it constantly reminds me of if you go back to, to high school or college, right. And you're just sitting around with people and you're just wasting time and you're just talking about 
whatever. And, and you go deep and you just sit, remember just sitting and listening to an album with somebody and, mm-hmm. or going on a road trip with them and just having time to, to gab and talk and go deep in a way that you don't in that. I don't, I don't find it happening in normal conversations and parties. Um, you know, it, 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 it provides like this structure for connection. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really does. And I, and I think that, um, I love an open-ended question. I love getting to just meet someone and ask them a random question to just see where it takes us. And the podcast is a great way to be able to do that, but to be able to talk about things that uh, that we're most interested in. Like, you know, that's the thing with the podcast. You want to, most podcasts have a theme and we do have a theme. It is about living your best life in midlife. Mm-hmm. And, and I really feel like Nicole and I, in our own individual ways are working on that all the time. And so having women on who get to talk about how they're doing that too, it's so cool. It is so cool. And I get to ask people questions that like, if I'm in a normal social situation, it would be like, well, you're prying. What the, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I would be like hesitant to ask the same questions and really get in deep with somebody that I maybe don't even know all that well, you know, but this is like yeah. such a great, um, such a great way to get to know you guys. It yeah. does. It feels intimate when you yeah. have a podcast conversation. Cause I won't say interview. I don't think it's an interview. No. It's- more of a conversation. And like you said, getting to know yeah. who you're talking with and, and hearing you, the stories. Yeah. What do you guys think about um, in the time that you've been doing this podcast together? What do you think people in midlife, like what would be, let's say, let, let's just say, what would be a tip or, or, or your advice for people to live their best life in, in midlife? Like, let's start with you, Sandra. Well, well, you got any like, or, or just like from your own experience, like what has been the thing that makes you feel like you're living your best life right now? So I always ask myself, if I don't do this thing that I am feeling a connection to, will I regret it? Mm. I, I, I asked myself that my whole life, even when I was younger in junior high and high school, and I was having those panic attacks, Mm-hmm. I felt like that was a constant challenge to myself. So, you know, nothing will be easy. Well, some things will, some things will fall into naturally, right? If we can tune into that, oh my gosh, like that's a gift right there. Mm-hmm. But some things, you know, the process of doing certain things are not always going to be easy. And I think first we have to acknowledge that, okay, there might be some struggle here. Then the second thing is, how much do I really want to do this? And I ask myself that all the time. Do I really want to move to the next step of whatever it is that I'm interested in? Securing a a studio, um, moving on to a new category of photography, like whatever it is. And I know for myself, if I listen to my heart, I know what I really want to do. And I think, like Nicole said earlier, You've, you've got to just move forward with something like Nicole was saying, done is better than perfect. And that's some of the things that I have to say to myself because I am a perfectionist. 
I always mm -hmm. have been, and I'm always working against that. Mm -hmm. And so I say to myself, is this something that you really want to do? Let's do it. Let's just, let's just do it. And I do think you can put some contingency, contingency plans in place if you feel like the fall is going to be too scary. Mm -hmm. So like when I started my business, I started to put to, together um, a chunk of change so that if I needed to fall back on that, I could, but I could still do the thing that I was passionate about. So I say, I always say, ask that question. Is it worth it? If, if the answer is yes, even if you're scared out of your mind, do it anyways. Love it. Love it. Yes. I call it, I call it Life making the interesting choice. It's like, mm -hmm. what's, what would be the interesting choice? Like, yeah. So what about you, Nicole? So it's interesting because I am a child of divorce. So my parents were divorced when I was six and I went through a little bit of therapy during that time but then haven't since it just was to help me with the transition. Mm -hmm. But I like the majority of us have baggage. We all do emotional baggage that we kind of carry with us and pick up new baggage as we're, we're moving along the journey. Uh, so recently as part of my health and wellness journey, personally, I started with a holistic energy coach and it's been really eye opening to identify certain things that I have experienced or mantras that I have convinced myself into believing that they are true. Whether that's something that I grew up with, something that pe other people have told me, or something that I just have identified as being who Nicole Markle is. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, a negative one that just pops into my mind was always I'm bad at math. I struggled with math as a kid. Mm -hmm. I went to summer school every summer for during high school because I failed math and had to go back for algebra and geometry. And I was getting an A in summer school. The same teacher would be like, oh, she's back again to get her A. But I'm not bad at math. Does it take me a little bit longer than most people to, to can I do figures in my head? No, not necessarily, but I'm not bad at math. And right. so that's one of the things that I've been working on mostly recently is digging into that uh, and, and really looking at self-identifying phrases and beliefs. Yes, I love how you called that a mantra because most of the time yeah. when people think of mantras, they think of those that, that thing that you make up that's positive self-talk, blah, blah, right. blah. But a mantra is just something that keeps going round and round and round in your head. It is, it right. is self-talk, positive, negative, whatever you want to call it, right? Exactly. And you can choose the self-talk, and mm -hmm. but but you're learning how to be aware of it, right? Yeah. It sounds like. And then, and then I'm and guessing- And I want to be a good role model for my daughters. Yeah. Because I- when I hear them doing negative self-talk at their ages, which are now 13 and 17, yeah. I want to, I want to flip that script yeah. so that they don't end up where I am today, working through all that baggage of yeah. the stuff that they've, they've told themselves over the years. And it's interesting because on this health and wellness journey, one of the things that I used to do at the very beginning was self-identify as somebody who was battling an illness. I was, I was sick. I was not well. I was, mm -hmm. you know, and again, all those negative things, my toxic body burden, my blah, blah, blah. And what I have learned 
over this journey with working with this holistic energy coach is that I'm a warrior, that I, I am an autoimmune warrior. I've reframed it because I'm in control. I am taking full responsibility and full control, but I'm beating this and I'm yeah. doing it on my terms. And it's just, it injected power into that mm. for me so that I'm not a victim. And I think that is so important, especially for women in midlife, because no matter what our life circumstances are up to this point, we've got stories. And actually, Sandra and I just did a fabulous book club about retelling those stories and really digging in, acknowledging, maybe even feeling the emotion, that's okay. But if it doesn't serve you, letting it go. So you don't hold on to it. Yeah. You know, and, and really just reframe I the have the book club around that. That's so cool. You, you would have loved it, Yvonne. It was really, it was really moving to hear mm -hmm. some of the things that folks brought to the discussion. It was beautiful. Yeah. What books did you guys dive into? I want to provide those as, is it okay? Do you, do you guys Not remember yet. some of the things? It's and actually one of our guests show notes on for the people? podcast. Her yeah. Carrie Rowan. And I'll read you the book title so I don't mess it up. Uh, Tell a new story. And it's simple steps to release your negative stories and bring joy to your life. Cool. And, and Carrie is a Rowan? Carrie yeah. Rowan. Yeah. And she is a singer, songwriter, author. She's amazing. And so she joined us for the book club, which was fantastic. Very and cool. So this was like a one book book club. You, you done, yes. you took a deep dive into her book and then had an experience with everybody around. That's so cool. That sounds like yeah. fun. They opened up and shared their stories with us. Their aha takeaway moments. And, and, and like you had said earlier, like recognizing your story and, and then trying to flip the script on it and, and not, not going into the judgment zone, just yeah. recognizing it. It's okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 It, was, it was great. So cool. I have found that um, the things that I thought were bad uh i would have called them bad experiences or have have really given me resilience in certain areas or skills that i probably wouldn't have mm -hmm. if i hadn't had those bad experiences so i love that idea of non-judgment um being a part of it very For cool sure. What's coming up next for you guys? I could talk to you guys like forever. And now I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, I know you got to move on to other things. <laughs> what, what is coming up for you guys? What are you excited about right now? Hmm. Well, I would say that going into the new year, I am really trying to stay positive in regard to uh, what's happening with this pandemic and really being able to connect again with clients. I think things will be a little quiet during the winter mm -hmm. as uh, I hunker down a little bit and see how we do. But um, I'm looking forward to really engaging with new clients. I created this event and this is how Nicole and I met. I created this event in November of 2019 called Rock the Black Dress. And it was an opportunity for women to come together and network and lift each other up and just get dressed up. And it was a really, really fun event. And I've done it twice now. And I look forward to having an opportunity to do that again and figuring out like what 
what is going to come off of that event? Um, it was an opportunity to connect with people photographically, but also just in a professional way. And um, yeah, I, I look forward to watching that project grow and really just continuing to grow my business and the podcast. Yeah. Got a lot going on. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. Nicole, how about you? What's, uh... So 2021 is the big one. I'm going to be hitting the big 5 Oh, welcome. (laughs) Thank you. you. I'll be in good company for sure. I'm excited. I I remember people looking at me like I had three heads when I entered my forties because I was really excited to be in my forties because it was such a different place for me. And I'm not one of those people that looks back and, and wants to relive high school. Like it was good. It was, I had fun. Do not want to go back there at all. I would agree. No, I I really, I loved stepping into my forties because I felt like I was comfortable in the skin I was in. And I, I was building that self-confidence for who I wanted to be, who I wanted to become. And it wasn't just those, those labels, those titles of wife, you know, mother, daughter, et cetera. It was who, how do I want to show up in the world? And I've taken really big strides in that and done some really fun projects in in the process. But I think 50 is the year I'm, I'm looking forward to really living bold and living out loud and having absolutely no uh, roadblocks or barriers that are, that are holding me back from really stepping into my power with that and just sharing all that I have to offer with the world and knowing that I will find my fellow quirky weirdos and they Amen. will be there right alongside me. <laughs> it's so funny. The other day I posted on Facebook, am I the only weirdo that actually Googles historical facts while watching the crown <laughs> on Netflix, and you would not believe the response I got from all my friends. I'm raising my hand. I'm raising, I just yeah, started watching the crown because I finally was like, I've been hearing about it, hearing about it, hearing. And sure enough, I'm like, really? That yeah. happened? Oh my God. Yeah. We were paying attention to it. It was, it was over across the pond and you know, we were younger right. when some well, of yeah, them. Were, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is season one I'm watching. So it's, you know, oh, yeah. definitely. And they have to gloss over the historical right. facts because we're, you know, they have so much to fit into right, their, right. their show, but yeah. I was hysterical just seeing that, okay, like I'm not the only one. So, all right. I don't feel quite so odd yeah. that I, I've, I've definitely found my people, you know, that. and, and I, I want to do more of that. I want to, mm. to really, and you know, I'm, I'm woo woo with the universe on that. Like what you put out is what you get back. But I also believe in um, that your behavior will attract your people, attract your tribe. And if you show up authentically and as your genuine self, that those folks will show up in your life and, and you will find the, that kindred connection. And I, I want more of that because we need our girlfriends. I see that now with my mom as she's approaching her, her eighties, a lot of her girlfriends, she's losing, unfortunately, yeah. uh, because of illness and, and health and uh, age. Yeah. And 
I want more girlfriends in my life because there is such power with connection, especially in midlife. Mm. We're all going through something very, very unique to ourselves, even though it's universal. And to have somebody to bounce those things off of and not feel weird, mm-hmm. you know, and raise your hand and say, hey, I'm waking up in the morning smelling like a teenage boy because I sweat the sheets last night. <laughs> is this a midlife thing? Is uh, it weird? Good times. <laughs> right? But then having friends go, yep. Yeah. Just like, just like raising their hand with the crown. Yep. I'm totally <laughs> doing the same. It's, and it's, it's terrible, you know? Oh and, my gosh. But again, feeling that connection in midlife yeah. is super important. So I love it. I love it. I love that your podcast is doing that. So how, um, people can find you. It's the messy middle road trip. Did that uh-huh. all come out of my mouth? Right. Just yes. then. sorry. Sometimes. Oh my gosh. Do you guys find like the brain fog? I, like, I don't, maybe is that like a midlife thing or is that just maybe just me? <laughs> I think, I think it's a COVID thing. <laughs> like I feel I used like- to call it the mom, th- the young mom thing, like the mom brain. And now I'm like, now it's the midlife brain. <laughs> I've always got a reason. Maybe the mom brain was prepping me for the midlife brain. Yeah. I mean, stocking ginkgo biloba because I go into a room three times and I cannot remember what I've been there for. It's awful. It's awful. So anyway, the messy middle road trip podcast is how we find you. Anything else like that you want to know, want people to know about before we let you go and people go check out their podcast. It is so fun. So awesome. You're so sweet. Definitely use subscribers for sure, because for those of you that listen to podcasts, uh, you know, finding subscribers and those ratings and reviews has a big deal to do with other people finding us. Uh, so getting those, getting those rating and reviews, uh, you know, tuning into iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we also have a page on Instagram and on YouTube and our messy middle road trip.com, uh, where it houses all of our all of our podcasts. Yeah. Stop by, say hello. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And feel free to friend us on Facebook. Like I think sometimes connecting that way, in addition to the, the actual business page is a really nice way to get to know folks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Without being creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Come on over people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're all ready to talk. <laughs> That is awesome. Oh, this is so much fun, you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Yvonne. This is terrific. Thanks for having us. Well, there you have it. Hey, if you want to know more about Nicole and Sandra, their podcast, or their respective businesses, I'll have all that information for you in the show notes. Just go to latebloomerliving.com forward slash podcast and click on the show notes for episode 33. Thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. Hey, oh, hey, I have a favor to ask you while you're still here. If you listen to the podcast on the Apple Podcast app, can you take a minute to leave a review? Reviews help other people find the podcast, and I'd really appreciate your help in spreading the word. I hope you have a fantastic week. Stay safe and well. Talk soon. <laughs>